the following podcast may contain spoilers, strong language, craft violence, and nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. Would you like to play a game? No. Four guys and a movie. Four guys and a movie. Don't I, Brian Robert, you're reviewing movies for the show. Four guys and a movie. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the 4AM Podcast, the movie podcast for dorks by dorks. I'm your host this week, Rob, joined by my friends. Brian. Will. Player 3. Joe. And we have a special guest because this is another series in our never-ending barrage of sponsored episodes. Say hello to the people, Eric. Hello. I am Professor Falcon. How the fuck does your pterodactyl fly, Professor Falcon? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I'm not a paleontologist. It's you a really glider. needed a paleontologist. <laughs> Rob, how excited did you get when you saw that pterodactyl? So I'm not gonna lie, uh, real excited. <laughs> I was like, I was like, whoa, this movie's taking a turn. Yeah, he's like, this went from a two to a ten. <laughs> so did my pants. Oh. oh. Two to a ten. Oh, I got that. Hey, I thought it was bad. We watched war games because Eric told us to. It's true. Sponsored episode. Uh, He paid us to. He paid us. You are correct. Money has to be involved. I told you to with my money. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Joe Jangles. You ever seen this movie before? Um, I have. Yes, many times. Um, I I don't remember. I don't have any specific memories to it. I think we had it. A v- VHS of it growing up, and um, I know I don't know how many times I've seen it, but uh, it was like all the nostalgia came back when I watched it. Brian, you ever seen this? Oh yeah, I saw this a bunch of times. It was one of those movies um, that, like, if when I was a kid, I was like intrigued by it so much. Like, this was like, oh, you can do all kinds of cool things with, with computers. <laughs> computers are the future. Yeah, look at all these wires. <laughs> Uh, Will, have you ever seen this before? No, this is the first time I've ever watched this. Um, I was aware of it. alive yet, huh? Nope. This is like early 80s, right? Yeah. 83, yeah. Back so, when your computer had to place a phone call to another computer. Yeah, right, this, I did have this that. still stank like the 70s, too. Um, as we discussed in the uh, Stay Tuned episode, like, I guess just being a nerd in general, I was aware of the basic premise and plot and the... Uh, you know, the famous line about playing a game. Um, so I was kind of aware of the uh, the main the main story beats and all that kind of stuff. And Have you um, read Ready Player One? Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've read, read uh, Ready Player One, and it plays a big part in that book. Uh, they did, didn't make it to the movie. Um, Everything but plays yeah. a big part in that book. Yeah, it's true. And nothing made it to the movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie's garbage. <laughs> it's like Family Guy table scraps. <laughs> Tony, you ever seen this? Eating table scraps. (laughs) (laughs) Eating Steven Spielberg's table scraps. (laughs) Tony, you ever seen this film before? Uh, Yeah, I've definitely seen it. Like, when this first came out, I was obviously just, you know, a young little foundling, so I I didn't see it originally, but uh, I saw it later on. It didn't have as much of an impact on me because by then computers had far surpassed all this, but um, I did appreciate it. Okay. I don't, I don't know that I've seen this movie before. I somehow, when I thought about what this movie was, like I think the plot of Top Secret 
came to my brain. Wow. <laughs> but with Matthew Broderick somehow. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Is that on our list? <laughs> Top Seeker uh, with Matthew dude. Broderick? That's a no one's list. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna make it today. I got another twenty. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Eric, uh, tell us your history with this movie and why you chose it for us to watch. Um, War Games um, just kind of randomly popped into my head of like I should see what what their take is on this movie. Um, I remember. Um, so first of all, I've only seen this movie twice, including the time that I just recently watched it for this podcast. Uh, but what? I remember it. <laughs> so I re- genuinely just pulled pull the movie out of your ass. No, 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 not at all. Um, usually, if if I have a very uh, if, if there's a movie that leaves a very significant impact, in a lot of cases, I will only watch it like once or twice because I remember so many of the details of it. I don't have a compulsory need to to see it again um and i remembered pretty much all of the significant details for this movie even though the last time i had seen it was maybe like 20 years ago like when brother had his uh, shirt off uh, <laughs> <laughs> um i didn't mean to get you all flustered no that it was the opposite of flustered um so so i did not remember that um and a couple of other things but um it was a very impactful movie uh, because the the way in which the message was delivered um, at the end and specifically what the message was um, kind of clicked for me. Um, and I can I can talk at length about how a lot of the things that this movie kind of predicted even before machine learning was a thing is actually like really right on. Um, and I, I remember when I was watching it just a few days ago, I was like, holy crap, this was... This is almost in some ways, in a lot of cases, ahead of its time. Um, they were they were spot on with a lot of things when it came to how machine learning works. Um, so yeah, <laughs> and also bad ideas that you can do with automation. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought of this movie because I was like, you know what? This, unlike other movies that I've been thinking of proposing, like means actually a pretty good amount. Um, and uh, I think it's a good movie. And I was, I was genuinely interested to see what everybody else's opinion was on it. <clears throat> so then, how about a historical history of this film? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, it came out in June of 1983. Uh, director John Badham, who uh, we, of course, will remember from previous episode, Short Circuit. Uh, he also brought us Saturday Night Fever and Nick of Time. So, yay on all of that. So he does a lot, lots of movies with messages, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, Good and bad. Somebody has to stop John Travolta. For real, please, someone do that. <laughs> uh, <that's... clears throat> uh, anyway, um... So, uh, I guess the studio brought in actual arcade machines to Matthew Braddock's home for him to practice for two months prior to the movie mm. for that one opening scene where he plays a video <laughs> game. So, yeah, yeah, yay. I guess, you know, uh, good for him. You could learn everything you need to know about Galaga with one quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it pew, sucks. pew, oh, I lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the first cinematic reference to a firewall. Long before, you know, Harrison Ford got to start screaming about it. Hmm. Um, At the checkout line in Subway. (laughs) (laughs) 
the tunnel shots running in and out of Nora, uh, NORAD, uh, that was the same tunnel that they used to get into Toontown. And, of course, <laughs> the tunnel from Back to the Future, or Back to the Future 2, or whatever it was. Hmm. Um, the original inspiration for Professor Falcon was Stephen Hawking, who was actually asked to be in the movie, but he wow. was afraid that, uh, you know... It would it would look bad on him, and they would try to like exploit his disability. So probably could decided call. not to. Yeah, this also wasn't really his wheelhouse. Um, it like that's interesting that they wanted to choose him, but it's also like why did they want to choose him for that? Just a smart uh, guy. That's famous all, like, scientist. Yeah, I guess. It also yeah. would have been really weird when he came into the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then after, uh, you know, he turned them down, or perhaps even before, I, I wasn't able to find out specifics, but uh, there was thoughts of getting John Lennon to play the part. But of course, he was killed shortly after, uh, you know, writing was completed on the script. So that's unfortunate. Um, uh, what else? Did, oh, and the uh, the scene towards the end of the movie, spoiler alert. Uh, when they're trying to get into NORAD and they bust through the gate, that was all wrong. They they were originally supposed to just drive through the great gate, you know, typical, uh, you know, action movie style, bust it open and drive on through. No, they uh, fucking the car real. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's okay. okay. They actually crashed the car and they were just like, ah, fuck it, we'll go with that. Yeah. And we filmed a yeah. scene of them running out. I was thinking about that because the um, it kind of hits that guardrail kind of lacklusterly. So I'm like, oh, that looked kind of crappy. And then the thing just fucking fell over. So yeah. it was probably like they were not in control. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Because mm-hmm. I'm watching. I'm like, I'm like, I felt bad for the stunt people in that car because that 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 was not that did not look like like a planned stunt. Like it looked it looked yeah. way too fucking like, like holy shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, everyone just. Uh, have the main actors now just sit in the van and pretend to fall over. <laughs> Where um, that tunnel that you were talking about before, was that just a movie set that they, they've reused or was that actually at a location somewhere? Yeah, no, no that's the tunnel to Toontown. They just repurposed it for. <laughs> mm. Right, no, but yes, I, I didn't know if they shot tunnel the scene. in California. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. They... So it is an actual real tunnel. Yeah, they had okay. to pay all of the cartoons fifty dollars a piece to like <laughs> stay out of the tunnel for a day. Okay, they pay off, uh, yeah. the judge, yeah, <laughs> Judge Doom, and they got there was actually some problems because uh, Wiley e. Coyote kept painting it in different spots to try and catch the Roadrunner, but mm. yeah, that caused the initial Jeep crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's what uh, Matthew this Broderick hit. Uh, throw this in. Uh, Speaking of, uh, you know, realness leaking into the movie, uh, when there's that joke about uh, sexual reproduction or asexual reproduction, rather, mm-hmm. in the classroom. Yeah, the laughter you can hear was not the kids. That was the crew that was not, you know, told what the punchline to that joke was and just found it fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. So the director was like, yeah, we're just going to leave that in there. <laughs> Right. Your wife, sir. Well, I am a sexual dynamo. <laughs> I'm saying it in the rain. All right. So, uh, do you want to guess how much what? money this movie cost to make? It is Will Byers looking ass? Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. More like Jonathan. Jonathan. This Jonathan movie Byers. cost eighty two. Um, eighty three. I will say this movie was thirteen million dollars. Uh, ten. Yes. Oh, one dollar. 
One million dollars. Wow. Oh, bitch. <laughs> I'll go with 12 mil. <laughs> wow. Well done, Brick. Uh, it was 12 million dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Right on the money. Uh, Want to guess how much it made? 18 million dollars. 25 million dollars. Okay. 20 million. 15. 79. Mil. 79 mil. Oh, yeah, nice. Good. good. Nice. Now, to be fair, uh, I'm not always sure with some of these if that includes like re-releases and such. Mm-hmm. So it might not have made that on its first run. But was there a sequel? No. Well, well like direct a video or something. Yeah, there's a direct okay. video. I I don't know if it's an actual. It it shares the namesake. I haven't gotcha. seen it, so okay. I think it's a sequel. Yeah. This would be a tough one to sell me on for a sequel. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. so that thing that almost destroyed the world. Yeah, they just did it again. Yeah, maybe, they, maybe yeah. the Russians come and kidnap him. There should not be a sequel to this yeah, movie. It, unless it was in Russia and right. with a whole different cast. The, I mean, that would be kind of like um, the, the sequel to Hackers, where it's it's not even the same movie. It's mm-hmm. just shares the subject matter. Um, it's... I think a sequel to this would be more of if the, the, the kid brought his character... Um, doesn't learn and, and hack some other other type of bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. like he's in trouble doing some other kind of hacking shit. You know, maybe a financial something or other. You know what I mean? Like, like it's called the so net. something more or like how like Da Vinci Code has angels and demons and digital fortress and all that, where it's the same character getting in the same shenanigans, just in a different place. Yeah, with the world on the line. They should I would also a prequel. I would mm-hmm. also kind of accept if like it took place minutes after and the computer was just like. On second thought, never mind, and just nukes them all, and you have to deal with the fallout. <laughs> they then fired the Terminator salvation. The air. Like, they come back down on the U.S. Yeah. Big tac toe sucks. Your head explode. <laughs> all right, let's uh, everybody get their corn and butter sandwich ready, and let's. Uh, oh yeah, we got to talk about movie. that. Oh yeah. So you got this guy Matthew Broderick. Rob is not really fond of him. I don't. <laughs> oh. I have nothing against Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> of course, when, when it's time to do the cast list, this is when um, Oliver, one of the dogs, decides that he wants to chew on my drum set. What What do you have there? That dog in the movie was, try, was trying to hump on Ali Sheedy. Yeah. That dog was awesome. What, Matthew Broderick? I, I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, he was, he was oblivious. When they first meet that dog... It was doing the I'm gonna wrap my, my my leg around your leg kind of move movement motion. It was doing it a bunch of times. And she was like, <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. So you got Matthew Broderick, who Rob really doesn't like. You got uh Ali Sheedy. I have nothing who, against Matthew Broderick. As far as I can tell, always plays a crazy person. Um <laughs> uh, as uh please? Jennifer. Well I'm not gonna make that assumption about her because I don't know anything about Ali Sheedy other than she always plays a crazy person. Yeah. All right, you got Barry Corbin, um, freaking uh, General Carville himself, playing General Berenger. I think this guy is always a general in everything he's in. Yes. Um, you got general. Dabney Coleman, you know, of, of you can't see that. I'm um, you can't uh, say that on television. Fame as McKittrick and uh, John Wood as Doctor Falcon. Got a lot of Michael right. Ma- Michael Madsen cameo. First thing. That was Michael Madsen, Macy wasn't in it? there. That, those were. That was them. Who? What? What? When? Huh? The very first scene in the the Arctic Lab is Michael Turn Madsen. Your key, sir. Michael Madsen, and then um, John Spencer, I think, is the actor's name. He yes. was like in, in the West Wing. Yep. All right. 
So where yeah, was so William H Macy? Sorry, I don't I didn't remember. See that. He's he was some like background character. Like he's not even listed in the credits. I don't think. I mean, I like that they got the hotel guy from Ghostbusters in here, but that's it's like this movie has a lot of people. A ton. Did a lot of other shit after it's this. It's got the bald guy that always plays the school principal or yes. the authority figure. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he was in Back to the Future, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The rich you know, man's Donald him. Pleasance. Like mm-hmm. this is like the the eighties. That guy from that movie. Movie. Like everyone. Yeah, exactly. That, guy from that movie in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this movie starts off, and you could tell we're in the eighties, right? Because uh, these two guys they drive up to some random house in like a sandstorm. Um, and they, uh, show their little secret passes through a mirror and they get in and are immediately handed firearms before, before anything else is discussed. <laughs> They're like, here's your pistols. Um, so they do that. They, they go down into this elevator and, uh, talk about, uh, you know, one of their moms or wives can do some sort of garden sorcery and, uh, <laughs> open up this big ass door and two other guys get out and these two go in. And you could also tell you're in the 80s because the computers are gigantic and are, there's blinky lights everywhere and an impossible amount of buttons. Yeah, it's a whole room just for them to play Pong. Yeah. <laughs> all of the buttons. All the, the buttons in, chunk. Inside of an Atari. Yeah. So, all right, these guys are basically, they're like, um, you know, Minutemen there to spend a shift, you know, making sure that um, they're ready to launch nuclear missiles at at you know, an order and an order comes and, uh, you know, the, the blonde one of the two cannot, uh, turn the key. Michael Madsen, he's a cold motherfucker. He's like, I'll nuke everyone. I don't care. (laughs) Like as someone who had not seen this movie before and didn't know like how it started. This mm-hmm. scene was like fucking cool and intense. I thought, yeah, like, it really was, yeah. Because yeah. I had no idea if this was if this was going to say like cut back and be like three days earlier, or mm-hmm. um, you know if this was like you know the end result mm-hmm. of anything, or if these characters were going to play a, a bigger deal in the movie. But I was like, kind of like, oh shit! Like he pulled his mm-hmm. pistol out and yeah. was going to shoot the guy in the back of the head because he wasn't going to uh, turn the key. I, was, I don't know. I was just very impressed off the bat with this. I like I like the showing the procedure for arming the missile and the encryption and all of that. Um, and it's it, I like that like right when the launch order comes in, everyone is immediately super sweaty. Yeah, immediately. Like, immediately. So I mean, yeah, he fucking. I would be. Yep, yeah. Right. Like fuck. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, Captain Blonde does not want to fire his missile, and so uh, Michael Madsen's like off. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Madsen's like that's not the procedure, sir. Turn your mm-hmm. key. And so I don't get what the point of the gun is, because you could point that at, right. you know, Captain Blonde guy and be like, I'll kill you. But if you do, you're not launching the missile because right? oh, no, there's no way no. you're reaching across the room. What? No, it's a it's a water gun. It's like a cat. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will spray on. you for the next 24 hours if you don't I fire think... that missile. Yeah, they fire have, uh... it. Fire it. Fire it. I think I think the reason for it was either either as a as a threat, like a, a lethal threat, mm-hmm. um, even though like you're you're completely right. Um, but I think it's like if you don't do your duty, I'm going to kill you. So mm-hmm. you are you aren't between do or do not. You're deciding between do or die. Um, yeah. And then the other thing that I was thinking of, if if there was any indication because that was, I think, back when the Red Scare was like mm-hmm. a thing. And I think 
if there was any indication that you might be locked in that room with an infiltrator, you'd take him out before he could do yeah. anything to you. Oh, that's so, a good point, yeah. you know, there, there could have been a couple of different reasons, but, like, everybody was on edge back then, especially in the military and especially in a nuke bunker. Oh, so Yeah, either way. Or, or to end, end things if it looked yeah. like things were going to uh, go bad for the U.S., you know? And either I will way. actually mention about this scene, um, something similar actually happened in Russia in real life, very similar to this. Mm -hmm. And the commanding officer was like, this doesn't seem to make sense. The system that we're getting the, the information from is brand new. I don't think that this is legitimate. And he made the decision not to launch nukes at the U.S. So, like, that scene actually has some semblance to reality. <laughs> was it a test there or was it a mistake or something? No, it was an actual glitch. Like they, they did find later that it was, it, there was a bug in either software oh, or hardware. Yeah. Oh. And, and they almost launched nukes at the U S and it was that one commanding officer that did not follow protocol because I was like, this, he was like, this does not make sense. They, there was no provocation there. Mm. You know, all the things that we know about how this will probably happen didn't happen. Yeah. Um, one of the indicators that he had was it showed only one ICBM was coming from the U.S. and then three more. And he was like, if they were going to do it, they were going to they would do it to make sure that we're gone. They're not going to send even four, several thousand. And he was like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't trust it. So like that was an actual close call. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, scary as hell. So, um, basically, the whole point is um, that there's, humans have consciences, and you know, they some of them refuse to fire the missiles. So, so let's take that right out. Yeah. So we go to NORAD. <laughs> Fuck them. Yeah, we cut to NORAD before Stargate moved in and took it over. And um, <laughs> you know, we uh, we meet like uh, Doctor McKittrick, and I'm immediately like, nobody say I don't know or water. Because there's a lot of expensive electronics in here, and I don't want slime dumped on them. But I like, as they're walking around NORAD, it shows um, the different the springs that are in that structure. Because mm -hmm. NORAD is the largest building on springs in the world. That we know of. That we know of, yeah. Because yeah. it's it has all the shock absorbers to uh, absorb a nuclear blast. Um, so I, I thought that was a cool touch. And yeah. um, you get the Secretary of Defense, you got uh, General Behringer, you got um, the, the computer guy, Dr. McKittrick, uh, and they're like, so here's the part where it's like, okay, we have to have a movie, so you have to suspend some disbelief. So the answer to the problem of 22% of our people won't fire the missiles is we have a lot of missiles, so if 22% refuse to fire, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, like, you know. <laughs> I believe the U.S. had the ability to destroy the Soviet Union. It was either five or seven times over, like to just do a complete destruction of it, and then six more times if it needed to. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if twenty-two percent are like, whatever, I'm not going to do it, then it does. It doesn't make a difference. But anyway, so to have That's a movie though, great. they're like, they're like, okay, why don't we get this computer that once the president gives the order, the computer just does everything, and you don't got to worry about anything. You know, it'll fire all the missiles. It'll be real cool. And, now, go ahead. Yeah, General Berenger is like, this is a shitty idea. I want to be on the record with that. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the, basically, the rest of the movie is just him going like, I told you. Um, but now you say mm -hmm. that about like we should have a movie now so we're mm. going to not not uh apply reason here 
Mm -hmm. um, but that is an actual legitimate system what? that actually exists. Uh, Russia's nuke system has a system called a dead hand. Mm -hmm. uh, its name is Perimeter, and it will automate the assured mutual destruction in the event that the Russian command is eliminated. Mm -hmm. uh, the way that they set it up um, is uh, it's normally offline, quote unquote, but like there are still circuits and things. So it, it, it's, it's not like it doesn't exist. It's just not, quote unquote, active. It's almost like you could say that it's not armed. But if it's armed, um, basically they need to continuously send some kind of a command that says don't fire the missiles. Yeah, and it becomes if they a dead man switch. Yeah. It, basically, my, uh, yeah. My, my version of the dead hand is a little different. Oh. Oh. <laughs> is that where you sit on your hand for a while? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Call that the, a stranger. <laughs> the way perimeter is designed, uh, according to what I read on on Wikipedia, so you know, take that with all all due salt. Yep. Um, when it's enabled, uh, it will pay attention to seismic light and um, I think temperature sensors throughout Russia. So it does actually have to. Um, you know, they talk a lot about in this movie later on about high confidence. It does collect some data to indicate that they were actually hit and that command is not sending signals, not responsive. So like design wise, they did it as as responsibly as they could. But at the end of the day, it's still an automated system desi designed to ensure the mutual destruction of mm -hmm. Probably the majority of the northern hemisphere of the of the globe, which will it's, end up propagating to the rest of the globe. It's called a petty switch. That's all it is. A petty switch. Yeah. 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 But um, can someone and, explain to me why we need a middleman at all? What do you, well, what do you mean? Like, uh, so you're saying like some like the president just pushes a button and all the missiles fire? Is yeah. Yeah, think about that statement for yeah. a second, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> there's, oh, there's, there's a no couple reasons why we don't do No, that. no, I understand there's problems with that, but, like, what they're doing is they're like, all right, well, the president wants to fire missiles, so he sends a signal, so we send it to two guys who have to hit a switch or whatever, but we found that's unreliable, so instead we put it, so the president says, hey, I want to fire a missile. He sends that information to a smart computer, which will then fire the missiles, like, why, at that point, why don't you just make it so the president hits a button and it fires the missiles? Well, that's basically what, what the what the computer does. Yeah. Like, the president's yeah. like, do it, and it, it just finishes, finishes for him. Yeah, but it's but it's putting so a Tony, smart Tony's computer argument, in charge of that. Yeah, so Tony's argument is if you're going to have the computer there to just do it, then why have the computer there at all? So, because the computer ha um, has run mm -hmm. so many simulations of how missiles would come in and how, what would be destroyed, that it would know the optimal way yeah. to respond, which is uh, a little silly only because it's like, there's so many missiles, you're just going to win. Yeah. Like, you're just yeah. going to blow the whole world up. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, I think in case, like, all of the missiles that would target Moscow somehow got destroyed, so, like, it's going to blow up everything else but Moscow, the computer would realize, like, okay, we, you know, I'll redirect one that was going to Leningrad to go to Moscow or something yeah. like that. So, is it fair to say you will win in this scenario? No. The no. movie's about the. About uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I think this is the plot of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That, just, that is Joe the thing. Is, like, yeah, you're going to win. Like, ah. That's the scary thing about well, mutually assured. You're going to win at the objective of destroying the opponent, yeah. but you're yeah. not going to win at. Oh, that. I know what you meant. Yeah. yeah. And it actually, it just occurred to me that that initial scene of, like, uh, you know, the, the pistol, you know, turn your key, mm -hmm. sir. Like, at that point, if a if if an incoming total destruction strike 
was already inbound. You're you're dead anyway. Yeah. And at that point, you're gonna die. But it's a question of are they going to pay for it? Those yeah. who who fired it. It's, so it's that's switch, the scary but... thing about um, mutually yeah. assured destruction is yeah. that there is no winning scenario anywhere. Yeah, we're all yeah. gonna die. Yeah. We're all gonna die, and it. The only thing about that that remains as a question is um, is is the party that started it going to get away with it? And that's if you think oh. about that too long, no, that's a, that takes you no a really be dark left place. to hold them accountable. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's um, it's it's a, a great way to highlight some of the worst aspects of humanity. Mm-hmm. Thinking about that, because that's what we need right now. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So we got this computer. It's called the Whopper. It's got a happy face on the side of it. It makes cool noises. It's the War Operations Plan Response Computer. Uh, it is named Push after the Whopper Button. Yeah. What <laughs> is currently my favorite of the three of the big three fast food sandwiches, but only because it's the only one that comes in a vegetarian configuration. Hmm. So I would say under normal circumstances, it would probably be the worst of the three. I don't know. Where do you guys rank what? it with the Big Mac? I'm assuming that you, you put the Wendy's sandwich on the top, right? Are we talking oh, about like a Dave's double? Dave's, Dave's double? Oh, yeah. Dave's, yeah. Dave's oh, double yeah. number one. Yeah. I mean, I was always, back in the day, I was, the Big Mac was my jam. But that's because I like Thousand Island dressing. Mm-hmm. But um, There's only one of those sandwiches I would I would fornicate with. And it's the Dave's, it's double. Dave's double. Last time I got a Big Mac, it was just like wet and droopy and sad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I tried. I tried one of y'all's Big Macs uh, fairly recently over the summer, and uh, honestly, it just was like a disgusting salt parade. Yeah, mm. like McDonald's changed the Big Mac like twenty years ago mm. to where it's like the patty is like not even worth getting. You know what I mean? It's, no, it's, it's tiny. Yeah. It's yeah, it's time to see, right. not worth it. I stopped getting big big mats in uh, in high school. Like I was like, oh, right. no, this 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 so, is done. So Joe we're saying... regretting having asked the question. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we're saying that the Whopper is named after the second tier sandwich then of the big three, the computer. I would say so. Okay. See, at the time, it I've... was probably close to number number one, right? The Whopper is like a fat, a flat, uh, drippy mess, but. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got that kind of smoky flavor to it, and yeah, I mean, assuming assuming you place your order and you actually get a Whopper if you order one, because <laughs> um, it, so, it is an absolute crap So, so, you, so yeah, I've never I'm, had Dave's Double Decker or whatever. Yeah, I'm um, having trouble remembering the configuration. But when, of I was, when, I, when I was uh, a meat eater, probably about 20 years ago or so, it was the last time I've had a Big Mac. And I loved those, and I re- I distinctly remember like crispy shredded lettuce and the mm. cheese and the Thousand Island dressing and it being huge. And I remember one time I had three of those in a row with nice. a medium fry and a medium Ooh, soft that's drink. Good stuff. And then half an hour later, I had an entire box of pasta. Okay. And 20 years later, now I'm on a diet because I got addicted to carbs. <laughs> and I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, hold on to that memory because those mm-hmm. times are, are gone. Yeah. 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 That's, that's my memory of a Big Mac. Also, so, for those that want to know, if you're going to McDonald's, if you're forced to do that, a uh, quarter pounder is <laughs> the way to go. Yeah, those, I, I have good memories of those, too. They're, they're cheap. They're simple, like 
Don. Just describe me. Yeah. I was gonna, did, <laughs> so, did you know this was actually named uh, for the for the burger? It? No, it's it's W P it's W O P R. It's definitely not yeah. named after the burger. No, no, but it is. Uh, huh. in, oh, in my oh, research, uh, NORAD has a computer uh, that very much like the one depicted in this movie that's uh, called the BRGR. Mm -hmm. So they d interpreted burger. that as burger. <laughs> so for the movie, they decided to call it the WOPR uh, uh, for nice. the Whopper. So it's nice. Whopper Burger. That's kind of like in uh, Space Odyssey 2001. Um, HAL is actually a... Um, a shift cipher for IBM because if you move the letters for IBM one position, it becomes mm -hmm. HAL. So, I speaking like of speaking of cool computers, we're in a fucking arcade. Man, I miss those. <laughs> um, yeah. Even though I would just shovel so much money into those machines, yet now with an emulator, you can do all of that in your home. There was something nice about going to an arcade and seeing like the big ass cabinet and just being like, whoa. And then like a cool yeah. kid would be like rocking the game. And you're like, I'm going to watch that kid play that game. And having your yeah, drums rupture at a young age because of all the volume in there. <laughs> and everything so, is sticky and fuzzy at the same time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we meet David, our main character. He's playing some Galaga before school in the morning. I call bullshit. Yeah, and like there's a ton of fucking kids in there. Yeah. Yeah, like how early was that place open? He just leaves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He leaves that younger kid in there because <laughs> he's not going Tim to school. In command. Yeah. So David is late to school and he's failing science. Teacher immediately goes for the shame spell, whips out the F paper, <laughs> displays that proudly yeah, that for was, the whole class. That was it's super pretty, effective. Uh, pretty harsh. Yeah. So David ain't having that though, because um, <laughs> teachers like. Let's talk about asexual reproduction. Um, <laughs> and I forgot how how did he set it up? He was like, um, well, what it was who, like. Who first who, suggested asexual? Oh yeah, he's like your wife. Oh <laughs> yeah, reproduction without sex. Yep, that gets you a trip to the principal's office. But that was David's plan all along. I hated because... that when like a teacher would be a dick, and then you would like be a dick back, and they're like, oh. <laughs> We can't have that in my classroom. Well, that teaches you a life lesson. There's some right. people that are going to be dicks to you, and you right. can't be dicks back also, to them. Uh, also, only is go hard. to, uh, only go to okay actual if, schools and not, is like... It, is mm -hmm. it okay if I tell you a uh, brick history story? I'll be brief. Uh-oh. Yeah, right. you should say uh-oh. Story this time was, with brick. Here we go. This was an awful brick history time. Um, so, kindergarten, for, before <laughs> first grade, um, I... Uh, I would get in trouble a lot, and I, there was a timeout, like, on the other side of the room, basically. So I, I was very familiar with that area. And one day, when I was in trouble, I was like, I don't feel like going over there. And the teacher made the mistake, and, and those of you who have experienced talking to me enough know that I tend to take things literally if I'm not confident that I can read between the lines. So she made the mistake of saying, I will take you there if I have to drag you. And in my brain, I was like, oh, that's an option. Why am I walking? And I just stopped, stopped walking. And then she started to drag me. But like, because she wasn't expecting me to do that, she literally did a forward roll like a dumpling. And the entire class erupted in laughter. And um, yeah, that was, uh, that was my experience um, in uh, kindergarten. Then she punched you until she passed out from exhaustion. She probably wanted to. <laughs> but, like, but. 
she said I'll take you there if I yeah. drag you. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but Brick had a plan because when he got to the uh, the principal's office, he knows where the school keeps its password. Right, you get uh... a freaking infiltrator on the inside for hacking into this. And um, yeah, so he the password's fucking pencil. And um, <laughs> he gets a ride home from uh, Ali Sheedy's character, who's just like, I'm the girl in this movie. Yeah, and... drive a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have to say, like, a, a few times on this, I've noticed uh, and come to the defense of uh, females in 80s movies. Uh-huh. Because, like, uh, Karate Kid, she, yeah. you know, she was actually standing up for herself. And, of course, we got, like, Ripley and stuff like that. This is the prime example of everything wrong with the, the yeah. female portrayal in movies. Because she is just nothing. She There's nothing along for the to ride. her. Yeah, she's just, I'm in love with you well, for seemingly no reason. There's a crazy yeah. face along for the ride. I'll, I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. I don't have a thought in my head. <laughs> yep. And well, she's, yeah, she's like, I mean, I'm super movie, into you for no reason. Yeah. Throughout the movie, the thoughts in her head were like, okay, let's just do it. So she is like the spirit behind Nike. Like, mm. she just, all right, let's go for it. But it does, it's it's not, not, a it motorcycle on a sidewalk. Let's go for it. Like, let's yeah. swim three miles. Let's go but for it. Like, <laughs> even that is not consistent. Like, at one point, she, you know, uh, she's like, why did we do this and whatever? But then, like, you cut back to when they were doing it. And she's like, yeah, bomb them, bomb them, oh, kill yeah, them all. Yeah. And yeah. then, like. When they're talking on the phone, she's like, yeah, we just got to keep this quiet and it will be fine. I'm going to go tell my friends. And it's like, what What the fuck medication are you on, yeah. lady? Uh, none. That's the. Yeah. That's kind of the problem. So She's on none medication. So, like, David, like, even, unintentionally even just works this game where he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to pass uh, biology. Want to see how? Let's go to my bedroom. <laughs> Boom. Immediate. <laughs> I've used like, that line a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Freaking uh, Bo the dog shows up. He's super cute. Um, they, I like that. You can tell he's a good boy because they just leave him in the front yard. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't see, like, an invisible <laughs> fence or anything. Like, he's just, they just leave him outside and he's he's cool it, with it. This was 83. There was no such thing as an invisible yeah. fence. Yeah, when you were a kid, you just get attacked by dogs. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, so, so my, my question to, to the group. Yep. Did, any of your parents allow you to lock your bedroom door? Yes. No, no. Um, that was one thing that uh, I was watching this with Chelsea, and she immediately pointed out. was like, who gets to lock their bedroom door? Yeah, I was fascinated. Like, who the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My door was almost always locked. Um, I... Yeah, but you were always the only one in it. That is pretty much And it was your truth, parents yes. locking you in, right? Yes, it locked yeah. on the outside. No, no. They tried that once, and then they realized that they lived on the second floor, and I lived on the first, so I, so I the opened the screen. I, I opened the screen from uh, uh, the, the, the window from the inside and would just go out when nice. I was the one and only time that I was grounded, and they were like, yeah, this is going to work. <laughs> so... All right. Um, he basically he's got the school's password. He's got what passes for a modem in 1983, and it's basically you actually put your phone receiver on this crazy thing, yep. and it uh, calls up the school. And he uh, changes his biology grade from an F to a C, and then goes and wants to change uh, Jennifer's here. That's Alishidi's character. And she's like, no. Um, and then he changes it anyway after she leaves. So she was like super into this and then was suddenly like, 
I don't want to do this anymore and, and leaves, yeah. which is fine. She could have a change of conscience. Yeah, but, yeah, but again, she changes again. Yeah, like I said, yeah. what medication are you on or should you be on? I, I will note um, a kind of technology note that modem thing was a real thing. Yeah. Um, this was like even before I started messing around with computers. Um, for those who are old enough to remember the AOL sound when you first connect that screeching um back in the day that screeching was actually a lot less fast and computers communicated at such a slow speed that you could just do it through tones so you would literally have the computer connected to a handset and it would be talking into this this modem um and it would be communicating that way and and the the baud rate for that must have been atrocious because when i first started it was like 1400 baud and you'd be sitting there for a good hour to download like a one megabyte file it, it's yep. just even so, longer at this speed over the phone do you think would it be possible for a person to just make the noises um <laughs> transfer data that way and speak to a computer actually that that is actually a uh, that is a legitimate thing that used to happen people mm. were able to whistle at specific pitches to be able to emulate the dial tones and touch tones for phones. Yeah. And that entire scene is referred to as freaking, P-H-R-E-A-K-I-N-G. Um, and there are also tone generators that people would use to give signals into the, the plain old television mm -hmm. system, also known as POTS. Yeah, if you had Michael Winslow, you'd be all set. Well, there, I mean, there were you don't even multiple need to. people who could do that, yeah. yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, I knew a kid that used to know how to uh, like whistle or what, or somehow make the tones yep. into the phone to get long distance uh, service for free. Yeah, huh. damn. Like that—that that was all real before yep. they started introducing measures to prevent people from cheating the system. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. All of those things used to be very legitimately real. I'm glad so, that they're all patched. <laughs> I also, I, 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 I want to give, I want to give. Uh, 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 what was some credit though? Because she's the only one in this movie. Well, compared to him, that actually thought thought of consequences to shit. Yeah. She was like, she was like, we shouldn't do this because we get in trouble, and that's why she backed out. It wasn't like she's dumb. She's like, no, like yeah. we can get in trouble, and like uh, it can yeah. be worse for me if we get in trouble. I he was like, it. fuck it, and it does it does what he wants, and look at what happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I also so, like the when they first get into his room, he seemingly has like. It's not just dirty clothes everywhere. It seems to be the full outfit, which seems to be the same exact thing that he's wearing at that moment. Like well, he's a like cartoon Dexter's character. Lab. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, you open the closet whole... and it's the same thing. But it's like the full, full thing. Like there's a, a pair of jeans, a pair of underwear, shirt, the same colors, just yeah. everywhere so throughout his room. What do your clothes piles look like, Tony? <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was just now, about to all, say, Rob, too, Rob, like Rob pretty crispy, I bet. Clothes. All the time, so it don't really matter. Yeah. When I was when I was in uh, in high school, I literally only wore black, so that could have very easily been my room. Except mm. I never left clothes all over the place. I don't know why that's a thing that people do. I never did that, so I don't understand it when I see it. Well, I don't um, understand you, Brick. So yeah. You just use oh yeah. Latex body paint, whereas other people go and like buy <laughs> fabric clothing. <laughs> and yeah, if you want to know, like I have, if I have something like that, it'd be like one pile in one corner, and whites and colors would be separated. So fuck you. I don't even do that. I put them <laughs> yeah, all together. No, that's a that's a lie have, that our I parents told us. You don't diverse. need to do that shit. Ironically enough, like my kicking around clothes are in my dresser, but my work clothes are just in a pile. That I fish oh, yeah. them out of. Oh, yeah. Um, 
My work clothes are just piled on top of my dresser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rob and Tony, um, do y'all share a room? Yeah. How is now? That? No. No, they, they both <laughs> managed to live under a staircase. Yes. Like a we got like a double Harry Potter situation. We were double yeah. Harry Potters. Yep. <laughs> well, we, Still waiting we on those litters. Room, we shared a room until like our early teens, maybe like thirteen or something. I don't remember how. Yeah, I don't quite remember. Somewhere around there. You when were you cast? Through. Yeah, when were you cast to the dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite remember. Probably around thirteen or so. He wasn't cast. He left. He left on his own. He was like, "Fuck you guys." Yeah, it's a little combi, little combi. Yeah, it was a petition signed by the neighborhood, really. <clears throat> so, um, that's a cat. At this point, uh, we see that uh, Whopper is put in charge of all of the uh, the missiles, and the chairs are taken out of the <laughs> missile bunkers, and like. Captain Blondor, who couldn't pull the triggers, looking at the repa- the technician installing Whopper, and is like, "You motherfucker!" Yeah. And then, um, you know, the the guy's like, "Well, you couldn't pull the trigger, so this is what you get. Get right. out of here." So what? I also I feel bad for that dude because, like, dude, I I'm just it's my job. Just I I don't know what the fuck I'm even doing. Just leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> so just just getting reassigned. That's all. It's the military. Yeah. You're not like yeah. <laughs> you're not getting fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you're not so, going anywhere, pal. <laughs> Yeah. Now um, we cut to the crucial dinner scene, which we have a lot to talk about here. So first, David sees this ad for Protovision. They're coming out with some new games. They're based in California. He's like, oh, I'm going to get me those games. It doesn't say <laughs> anything about the games. There's no, no. list. There's no, no. picture no, this games. Is, this was the early 80s. That was all you got. And you, you <laughs> yeah. had it. Well, it, there it was there a teaser. Are some new things. That yeah, sense had to build for a while. Yeah, it was a teaser, and if you're kind of like a hacker-minded person, and you're like, I'm, if you say that I can't get it until you tell me that I'm just going to try and get it now, that's yeah. basically how I, I read that. He was just like, I'm going to go after that. Uh, yeah. uh, it's called Chinese Factory Samples, and it happens all the time. It's not... <laughs> But it did specifically say, like, you know, it was like, hey, we got new games for you. You'll find out at Christmas. You yeah. got them. All right. Your parents so, have money. All right. We got more yeah. important shit to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right. So this corn situation, we got to go to Fat Jack Court here. Corn so, All right. First off, this man introduced me to a whole new idea I never even thought of. Ingenious. Just buttering the shit out of a piece of bread and then using that to butter your corn. Yeah. Like, that is Fuck so yes. yeah. That's so next level. I don't just know why. Like that... you're lathering up your dick yeah. or something. I don't know why that. <laughs> I mean, like it it's would a work. Cloth it would totally yeah. work if you did that. Like yeah. it has multiple applications. Like <laughs> why did that not become yeah. standard operating procedure from this point forward? Like, but yeah. no, this knowledge was left in the behind in the eighties. I feel I felt mad that I and didn't. Then you got know a piece of that. toast. Yeah, I'm honestly a little disappointed that like. All of us have seen this movie, and none of us have taken this up as a thing to do. Exactly. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When I was a kid, yeah. I didn't actually like corn on the cob. Mm. Were you so, eating it raw? No, I, I, did, I didn't like corn, period. Yeah. I, were you I didn't like eating it, or were you buttering it with a piece of bread? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't like corn. I wasn't going to try it. I didn't, yeah, didn't well, like corn. Here's like, the thing. People, Maybe well, it just hadn't had, put enough yeah. butter on it. Exactly. And I haven't now, seen this movie since I was a kid. Yeah. So I did. I no wonder why I didn't put two and two together because I had already blocked it out when I was. I a kid. blame the next part yeah. of the scene for a lot of this. Yeah. Now, so, did y'all now, when y'all when y'all ate corn on the cob growing up? Did y'all have them, the little things you would stick in the ends? Yes. 
Yep. God, yeah. and then uh, I'd always take those out and fuck yeah, my and sister. They, they, They'd always fuck up. Like I, I would just like for my brother and I, they were throwing knives essentially. Yeah, like little shurikens. <laughs> but um, all right, that piece of bread when you're done, that's got to be so good. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like oh, yeah. I just, I want to get corn on a cob just to try that. But anyway, so now, now shit goes south because all right, Real he's fast. buttered off his corn. He's ready to go. The corn's friggin' raw. What the hell is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's right. crunchy. <laughs> if the corn's raw, I there's got to be bits of husk left in it. Like, yeah. if not, so, she did a, She went through a lot of work to not cook it. Yeah, here's the one thing I don't get. What's that? How could it have been raw if it melted the butter? Yep. Well, did it uh, melt the butter? <laughs> yeah, it might not have melted that butter. I mean, that's just why spread. he decided to do the bread because the he's sheer like, Wait, pressure of, of not that melting. man's death grip melted the butter. <laughs> yeah, he might have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could have also been like you it could have been margarine was? too, you know. Yeah. Like it, mm. You know, it's the '80s. You know what? True. Been, that is true. I think it was. It was from a tub. Yeah, it could well, be some some country. Oh, either cock. way, yeah. the way he some was spreading cock. it, that that mm. corn was getting buttered regardless. Yeah, yeah like he, right. that was that was sexual repression that was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, fucking this guy is like the inspiration from the for uh, Mike's dad from Stranger Things. But like, <laughs> I mean, I would have just thrown the corn right, right at my wife. I don't even oh, yeah. care. Like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, whoa, bouncing. No, you don't. Head. You don't do that. She's like, oh, it's healthier now. You get more vitamins and like, <sighs> yeah. And he's like, we'll take the pill. All right. Is, does she get a yellow card or a red card for, for not for, for not for cooking? That's a, a red corn. serving raw and corn. passing it oh, off. That's what, a yeah. red card. Yeah. That's well, an injection right between there. yellow and red. That's when yellow, Gordon so. Ramsay comes Yell- in. Yellow's a warning. Yeah. Red's hey, it's raw. Yeah, yeah wait, Gordon Ramsay. Wait, 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 Rick. Do you drive? Do I drive? Yeah. Why don't you know this? Because it's a soccer reference. Yeah, yeah Rick, I, that's what I thought you were Rick talking about. Sports. It was a soccer reference. Well, yeah. no, I get that, but like, if you drive, you should still understand yellow versus red. Like, right. slow down versus stop. Great. Yeah. All right. We'll I, put it I wasn't this assuming way. that they were direct parallels. Okay. We'll make it easy for you. How do you feel if you pee and it's yellow? Like I need to drink more. Okay. Well, how do you feel if you pee and it's red? Like I need to go to the emergency room. Okay. So there you go. go. One one is more extreme than the other. Well done, Rob. All right. So anyway, yeah. No, that's an ejection. That's the better. All right. (laughs) That that's an ejection. She's sleeping on the couch that night. Yeah. I will give you that. Like, because it's one thing to be like, "Oh, we're having raw corn tonight." It's another thing to be like. I'm not going to tell you till it's in your fucking mouth. Yeah, because the reaction that we're having raw corn tonight is, okay, I'll be at name of a restaurant. <laughs> Y'all enjoy yeah. your raw I'm going to go to Golden corn. Corral no, where no. they cook yeah. their corn. That's right. Well, no, well, yeah, that, that's the real answer is like, no, you'll be having raw corn tonight. I will <laughs> be some, cooking mine. Yeah. Where I'm going to get some out. corn mush soup or whatever. You go eat like a donkey. <laughs> now i'll point out to our listeners this has nothing to do with like <laughs> sorry just a picture of uh the dad <laughs> he's popped up totally distracted me this has nothing to do with like you know role of the wife is to cook for her man or anything it, like, you could swap <laughs> no, genders the role, the role of anyone is to cook food yeah no it, when it's you're yes. making food like it, you it, could yeah. swap the, the genders whatever the point is you don't just hand someone an ear of corn and then, like, act, get all, you know, like, you're you're the in the right when they try to butter and eat that shit and discover it's raw. Yeah. That's a foul. You should be telling people what your 
feeding them before yeah. you feed it to them. Exactly. I will say, somewhat <laughs> in her defense, he had so much butter on that motherfucker, I'm surprised he noticed it was wrong. Mm. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's, so... it's a technical foul. You, you, All right. You're gonna kill somebody. It's raw. <laughs> <laughs> so now we go back to hacking into Protovision. Yeah. So if I'm understanding this right, he called just to get all the area codes in the city he saw for the ad, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "I'm gonna have my phone call all of those, yep. and to and see what computers we get, and then I'll try to dick around with the computers from there." Yep. Um. In um. Um. Infosec terms that would be referred to as a uh, brute force attack um, mm-hmm. or a form of a brute force attack. Um, also known as telemarketing. Well, mm-hmm. there's that. <laughs> telemarketing like, is a brute force attack. <laughs> yeah. Auto dialers um, did exist and that was effectively like back in the day of BBSs. This is, this mm-hmm. is predating AOL. So before yep. AOL even was a thing, BBSs were basically... Um, You'd, you'd host software on a computer. Your computer was hooked up with a traditional modem plugged into a phone line, um, and someone would dial in. And if a computer answered, you'd hear that a computer answered. It's like if you call a fax machine today. Mm. It makes that terrible noise and makes you wish you were deaf. Mm. Um, so auto-dialing did basically that. It was the precursor to Google in a certain way. You'd dial in a certain area, and you'd just see what picked up and then take notes of what was human and what wasn't. Yeah, I, so, I spent spend a whole bunch of time on bulletin boards as a kid. Yep. Um, so he uh, he meets back up with um, with Jennifer at the arcade and she's like, you know, on second thought, I do want to change my grade. And he's like, or did that for you. Made it an A. Um, Which was a dumbass move in my, in my opinion. Yeah, in my opinion. Oh, no, yeah. That's, that's a dead giveaway. Because like, originally yeah. he said it to a C. And I yep. was like, "That's plausible." Right. right. See, so you do do the C minus, play it safe, yeah. like, and you know, and you're good. So not anyway, not only do I not care about your opinion, I no longer care about the believability of this entire project. <laughs> yeah. So, that, did you just play a clip? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Also. Uh, I will say, apparently, the whatever school they're going to, nobody pays a fucking attention because yeah. Matthew Broderick gets good grades, at least passing grades or whatever, to the point where his parents are like, oh, congratulations, you did a great job and whatever, despite the fact that he's going to the principal every day. You yeah, know, like, no, there's no one there, paying attention. There was a whole other end to to that process, which, like, it's 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 Hollywood shorthand for how you would do that yeah um so i'm like okay fine but yeah it it ignores the reality of like the teacher knows he failed the teacher i'm almost guaranteeing has physical handwritten notes every time he got sent to the principal's office there were notes um that just eyewitness reports like you'd know something was off and uh especially for an a that 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 just doesn't so Right. No? He would do. He it. would do this at the end of the year. There's ways. There's ways to do it. That, like you said, it's Hollywood shorthand. They would just mm-hmm. wouldn't like. Yeah. You know, they didn't have time to explain it because it's not a major point. So and to a certain extent, I, I'm happy that they don't because mm-hmm. you don't really want to empower people to do yeah. malicious activity by telling them detailed step to step by yeah, step. It, it, it's like sh- it's like making gunpowder. You can show people doing it, but you can't show what chemicals are involved. Oh, um, good. Didn't know that. So. Anyway, um, 
he uh he you know he brings Alishidi back up to his room and um she's like shows her, her the whole scheme of calling every number and i found out it's in Sunnydale, California, which is a big fucking mistake. If this was 2003, demons would come through <laughs> that phone. And you'd, have, you'd have to call Buffy and Angel yeah. to solve that problem. But well, anyway. Worse than that, he would undoubtedly download that one demon that would get into the Whopper, and then we'd all be fucked. <laughs> oh, he'd be... We'd, Josh Whedon so hard. So hard. <laughs> but anyway. So she's like, can't you get in trouble with this? And I like that he's just like, nah, I mean, I would go to jail if I wasn't under 18. And yep. yeah, the shit you can get away with as a kid. Yep. Um, so anyway, so he hacks into, well, he's, he's like, I can hack into Good a time. bank later. So I'll store that number. Then he's like, we go to Pan Am, make a reservation for Paris. Um, and then he's like, all right, let's get into this game company. And, um, you know, it's full, it's full of like all these like crazy combat games. And then it, ha- it has like chess, Falcon's maze, and then like global thermonuclear war. And he wants to get in. He can't get into any of them. He doesn't have the proper clearance. So he's like, I need to get help from some other hackers. So now he takes uh, Jennifer with him to go meet uh, Jim and Melvin. And uh, just one quick tap back. Yep. Um, the uh, comments about things that you can get away with as a kid. I think mm-hmm. it is true that if it is oh yeah, mild enough, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he started doing things like the bank, um, to a certain extent, it might have even been his grades because he's falsifying mm-hmm. his academic record, which has other implications. Um, those, I think, they would they would yeah. actually try you as an adult if it got to a well, certain level. I yeah, he's only referring. Now. Well, no, even back then, even he's back only then. referring to um, uh, the getting around, not paying for long distance numbers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that would that you probably be a misdemeanor and would get away with nothing. Today, not so much. But back yeah. then, yeah, you probably would have been able to be okay, you know, long term with that on your record. But um, the bank, like, that's... Yeah, yeah exactly. Now you're, now you're violating, potentially you're violating federal laws because you're going across state lines and all kinds of other things. Like, don't, But don't, if your dad, like, writes a strongly worded letter about how sorry you are... <laughs> Yeah. You'll only yeah, do that's... a few months, you know, oh, and sure. like and the girl you raped behind the dumpster <laughs> will just have to deal with it for yeah. the rest of her life. O- only if you're rich and famous. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, no, but then, then the all you do is have your mom drive you across the border. Mm-hmm. To, uh... Holy God. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, hey. um, I like Jim's um, Jim's communication skills because Melvin comes in and his voice is like immediately unacceptable. His behavior is unacceptable. You see Melvin and you're just like, I, I want this man to go away. Jim's like, Jim's like, hey, Melvin, you know how uh, you want me to tell you when you're bothering me because uh, you don't recognize when you're bothering people? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, you're bothering me right now. Give me my friggin piece of paper. So this yes. was... What this was Jim an interesting in? case where it was almost like they were trying to be woke about like like Aspergers and things like that, mm-hmm. but they were doing it with the sensitivity of blackface. Well, yeah, it so was really poorly depicted. And I think <laughs> at, at this point, like this was back at a time when like people with that issue were certainly around, but our understanding of that issue, yes, absolutely, was not, you know, yeah. was. So, although is yeah. this like the most realistic depiction of actual hackers that we'll ever see in cinema? Uh, ever? No, I don't know. But what it's about the hackers? 
was their most accurate oh, yeah. depiction. <laughs> of, They're Angelina I mean, like, Jolie's all over the place, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I've 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 known a couple of people from taking uh, security classes that basically are white hat hackers. Like as a profession, they go in and do pen testing for companies and and governments to make sure that their shit's secure. And they're just normal people. So, I mean, realistic depiction, it could be literally anybody. Um, and I mean, you're you know. kind of ruining my joke a little. Oh, yeah. It's either See, uh, that guy or socially that thing about like he yeah, made normal people, <laughs> normal people, if you remove the layers of acne. Yeah, no, right. just... so, unlike in the movies, appearance doesn't always dictate uh, 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 people's abilities, you know. Yep. Yeah, so, um. Basically, Jim's like, you want to, you know, this program's not giving you what you want. You got to put it in its back door. Go, <laughs> you know, study, study this uh, Falcon's maze. Joe, Joe, there's a woman here. You can't, you can't go, 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 go talking about back doors. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as sexist and exclusionary as it was, uh, um, David was probably smart to leave her where he left her. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> nothing good was going to come of that, that Wait, conversation. That wasn't exclusion. Was it wasn't him excluding her. That was him honestly being like, you don't want. Anything that's over yeah. there. <laughs> okay, so quick pause, quick pause, quick pause. Um, can we watch Mob Boss for one of our movies? What? Mob Boss? So that Eddie Deezing dude is a mob boss. <laughs> oh, no. oh dear lord. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna do I... that, let's let's watch Laser Blast. Let's watch any one of the other movies he was a part of. <laughs> I do want to All make right. one comment about uh, back doors. That is uh -huh. oh, a brick is an expert. Um, no, that that is an actual, legitimate, very unfortunate thing um, oh, yeah. that exists. Yeah. Even everybody poops, brick. Yeah. Well, un uh, unfortunately, this particular back door is, is a security back door um, with computers, and um, the the story that I'm thinking about has to do with uh, a company called RSA. And our own government decided to pressure RSA into weakening their own encryption algorithms so that it was easier to break into VPN connections. Now, these are corporate connections. These are home connections. Any kind of uh, system that used the RSA encryption algorithm, it was uh, intentionally weakened for that purpose. Now, the backdoor was not what, like... What's that? That's what, uh, what, what, uh, what, what the government was trying to get Apple to do uh, a few years mm -hmm. back. Well, Apple, in that particular case, what they were trying to do was have Apple hack their own operating system. So there was not a backdoor, but right. what they were trying to do was when have Apple, Apple create a backdoor yeah. and then send it as a wireless update to the device. And Apple appropriately was like, once you do that, it's out of the bag. Like, it's, you can't take that back. Once a backdoor is created, there's a backdoor. End of story. You have created a vulnerability and you have just acted unethically as a software company or as an engineer or whoever it was that did that. Um, and yeah, it was it was shameful when I realized that, uh, yeah, our own country had had done that to something uh, that that RSA put out. And I've used RSA tokens at work. I've I, I know many companies use RSA tokens for uh, multi-factor multi-factor authentication. And um, there's a long list of backdoors that our company has sponsored. Let's not um, go through all of those. <laughs> no, 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 we'll no. Be here for a long time. Yep. No, I yeah, just wanted to make that one yeah, one parallel. Completely different podcast. <laughs> all right. So uh, Dave has missed a, a week of school. 
studying this Professor Falcon guy. Um, Professor Falcon seems to like to do things like snatch babies uh, up into the air, um, duct tape wires to chess pieces. Um, so there was one moment in the, during this where um, Jennifer yeah. uh, asked how old he is. And he's like, oh, yeah, one? yeah. I was going like, to talk about old. that. And I was like, fuck you. That's not fuck, old. Yeah. <laughs> Same exact yeah. response for me. Yep. <laughs> Again, though. Head. <laughs> Again, with the what the hell's happening, she's like, this dude's kind of hot. How old is he? Oh, he's not that old. Wait, that is kind of old. I'm like, what well, the fuck is <clears throat> happening right now? 40, 41 is old enough to die, according to the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. so, Tony, there is a concept that I'm not sure if you're familiar with. It's called sapiosexual. And it's people who are attracted to those who are effectively eggheads. Like she they're... said looks amazing. She said he, she, she commented on his looks. Oh, I know that she said that, but I don't think she necessarily would have known that because as as soon as she found out that um, uh, Matthew Broderick was kind of like a a witty person, she got interested in him. And then when she she saw his setup in his room, she was like, oh, you're, oh. (laughs) Uh, She's she's known for a while, though, because like she knew she knew his dog. Yeah. Okay. The first thing she's oh hey hey Bo like she knew his dog like like she knows him they're friends already she's been stalking him for a bit. Also, from (laughs) the very moment she shows up, every other like sentence is uh or every sentence rather is punctuated with just giggles. So she Mm. is like either high as shit or really into him. Well, I'm not saying that she's not either of those things i'm just putting that out there that that could be a factor in it as well so i want to see him play with that fucking electric chessboard that he's building that has a curly like phone wire going to every single chess piece it's not like it's a huge chessboard you like you try moving like the the fucking knight you know over another piece and everything's entangled or like pieces are going to be springing back from the other side of the board like I, so I saw that and I'm like, this is your this is your genius professor right there. So this is another case where I would describe it as Hollywood shorthand. But this is actually one of the first things that I would describe as being ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an algorithm that was developed that played thousands and thousands and thousands of games against itself. But not and with an not, electric chessboard. Not with an electric yeah. chessboard. And then Joe. was used in a real game yep. using uh, computer vision to play a yeah. game of chess against the top chess masters of the world and beat all, all of them. Yeah. And I think one of the games that it played, it played four different games at the same time, mm. which for a human is totally not possible. Yeah. Um, so how awesome would it be just how awesome would it be if he's like you know this is the most modern technology and he turns it on and it's like that old uh, electronic football game where it just kind of yeah. shakes <laughs> the pieces <laughs> the chess pieces go across yeah, the board just, well, I mean, kind of slide around to each other when they so, first developed pong as a video game like that blew people away and that was you know now that we know what else is possible, that is not something to get worked up over. <laughs> yeah. All right. So basically, the long story short, this guy's got a son named Joshua who uh, who died, you know, tragically at a young age. And he's like, boom, password. Got it. So sadly, that uh, is a very common thing. Yep. So he pops that password in, backdoors the shit out of, um, you know, the no. protovision, what he thinks is protovision's uh, new game lineup. 
And sure enough, he's now into the WAP. Yeah. Um, Tony, the, the common thing that I was talking about was doing passwords he, after he, your kid's name or your birthday. He knows. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, uh-huh. don't do that. For anybody <laughs> so, listening, don't do that as your password. The hackers know about it. <laughs> so, yeah, Jennifer's there. They're like, check it out. Let's play this global thermonuclear war. Um, Can we just pause for a moment for the standard Will needs to make as much noise as humanly possible? I'm not Will doing anything. Shoving the microphone into his mouth. I'm not doing into anything. his back door. Yeah, into his back door. <laughs> uh, all right, Honestly, so, just sitting here. Well, I don't know who, who is that, yeah, but who? like... Oh, so, I heard it too, so I don't think it was me. Yeah. Anyway, um, their, their first strike is heading towards uh, Las Vegas, so... You know, Mr. House was right to prepare in Fallout New Vegas. Uh, he knew what was up. So um, NORAD just starts going nuts. Like ICBMs suddenly just pop up on radar. Everyone's like freaking out there. And then it cuts back to David and Jennifer. And they're all like cranked up on some fucking tab. And they're like, <laughs> she's like, what is a trajectory? He's yeah. like, I don't know, but look at all these numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but worse than that, this is when she's like, yeah, nuke them. How about, we, oh, California, nuke them. Las Vegas, burn those motherfuckers. Like, well, like, I, I, like I think, I was like, I don't think they grade knew. Was, was in biology, not in fucking English. Like, like yeah. <laughs> you know that word. Like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think they really fully knew what they were doing. Because, like, later on, they, they were like that. We thought we were playing a game. Um, yep. So, oh, yeah. and we drank a preposterous amount of tab. <laughs> On the tab. Yeah. So, um, at this point, though, the world is spared further, um, further atrocities <laughs> by Bo destroying the trash can outside. <laughs> so he turns off. Um, he just turns off NORAD. Basically, like he flips the power button, all the monitors go off, and NORAD's just like, "What the fuck?" And yeah, that that would not have happened. <laughs> sleepy time. But they do. Like, this is the point where Dr. Uh, McKittrick's assistant, who's this kind of overweight, dumpy-looking gentleman, comes running into NORAD's control room. And is like, it's a simulation! And they trace it to somewhere in the Seattle area. So, Which I think the... they also targeted as a, a place yeah. to be nuked. <laughs> that, that was... They were like, let's nuke our own home after yeah, we nuke yeah. Vegas. So um, now it's the next day. David comes home. He's got his cool new report card. Uh, but his happiness is interrupted by, on the news, there's an alert that the whole government like scrambled all its bombers and subs and whatnot. And I'm like, why Why did they announce that on the news? Like, that seemed a little weird that, like, in 1983, that... This is back when they overshared instead of, like, hiding everything. Well, but, like, nobody would be observing the Strategic Air Command bombers and then everything yeah. else. You wouldn't be able to tell that they scrambled. I, I can't remember if they said that that it was a false alarm or not. Um, that's the only thing that I could think they of. Did. But I can't remember. They did, oh, they yeah. did say that on the news report. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. Yeah, I don't know why that it would be on the news, but they just needed that plot device. So, yeah. wait. Um, so David calls Jennifer and is essentially just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer's oh, like, I fucked up right. big time. I'll come through the phone and slap you unless you get things under control here. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. We won't talk about this, except I'm telling Michelle. And he's like, no! Don't tell her. So she's this like, is just, honestly, I wrote in my notes, like, is she psych? Is she like a psychopath? 
Because <laughs> she's way too calm yeah. for all of this. I think at this point, Chelsea was like, she's a crazy person. <laughs> so she's like, just burn your house down, throw everything out, and you're good. Um, no, but it, no, Literally, she's the person like, you know, we hid the body just fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just don't freak out on me. We'll be cool. Um, yeah, and it, like Whopper then calls David back and is like, yo, you know, we're still playing this game. And I'm winning, so like, come on, stop <laughs> playing on my phone. Yeah, play on yeah, my don't phone. don't fucking rage quit on my death match. <laughs> like, yeah. and I, I will story. note, computers do call back because later in yeah. the movie they're like, computers don't call people, and I'm like, that's bullshit. BBS is back in the time to verify a phone number yeah. would call you back at your number to make sure that you weren't somehow spoofing it. Mm. So, so either way, like that's you know that's supposed to be real scary in 1983. And David's like, "All right, fuck this. I'm going to 7-Eleven," and gets hit by like the least subtle ambush ever. <laughs> um, and the FBI basically grabs him, and they're like, "So you know what? We're gonna we're gonna arrest you. We're gonna give you a cool tour of NORAD, and um, we're gonna take you to uh, the infirmary, and we're not gonna." Well, we'll handcuff you for now, but we're losing those real quick. We're going to get you uh, guarded by a guy that dressed like M. Bison. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, M. Bison right. guard you. All right, here's the shit I don't, get, I don't fucking get, right? So the uh, the, the computer director guy um, wants to talk to him at one point, brings him into his office to talk to him, right? Yep. Mm. He leaves this possible uh, Russian hacker spy yeah. yep. in his office yep. with his computer... Yep. Yeah. Unattended. Yeah. Why, it, why was the FBI just like, all right, you can you can bring him anywhere in NORAD you want? Yeah, no. Like, what the fuck? yourself? Like, in my notes, I said McKittrick would have been court-martialed within a half hour for having yeah. done something like, like yo. that. I mean, like, but like the, good the FBI movie-wise, because, like, like, we wouldn't have yeah, him oh, yeah. whatever. But, like, what the fuck? But yeah. The, the FBI would have been like, all right, well, guy's following you wherever you two go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and so, one other thing that I will note about the depiction of Nora that it took me a while because I, I was watching a movie mm-hmm. um, before I realized that they left out kind of a what I would expect to be a very common thing to see in NORAD people with rifles. Yeah, I don't remember seeing any guns except for mm-hmm. maybe at the gate where the guy was clutching a rifle. Yeah. And I was well, like, especially... everywhere in NORAD, like every fucking right angle in that building probably has somebody who is armed to the teeth. Yeah. You know? That is, <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, because movie or because of, you know, 1983. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, it's still what, like, because that's an area where the guns would work because there's redundant people. So it could be like, yeah. if you don't fucking do your job, this guy's going to shoot you and the next guy's going to come in and do it. Well, not only that, but if you if you do discover like there is even even one person yeah. that's a spy in there, the amount of damage that they could do to, to national exactly. security is insane. Yeah. Like you don't you don't fuck around in there. So, so anyway, so now. Also, um, well, just to make you guys feel better uh, or perhaps make you feel better in my <laughs> notes. Uh, if we could go back to when he's uh, attacked outside that Seven Eleven at the yep. Ewok Village, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the apparently, Village. apparently that uh, there we we see in that scene there's a Seven Eleven, there's an Allstate building, and then there's a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the Seven Eleven and the Allstate are still there. That McDonald's has since closed. Oh, well, I mean, they um, shouldn't have changed. Thanks, the IMDb trivia. <laughs> I, 
few weird things I noticed too in that scene. A, his big gulp does not have a lid, and a big gulp of that caliber would collapse under its own fatness <laughs> without a lid. But um, the guy who takes it from him handles it as you should with a drink of that caliber. He's just like, ew. Like, he's handling it like it's evidence he's going to contaminate. <laughs> I just found his face funny. So anyway, so on the way for this McKittrick guy to talk to David, he takes his gum out of his mouth because the Secretary of Defense oh, is there. Hands it to, that. to his wife slash assistant <laughs> who just shoves it in her mouth and keeps going. <laughs> yep. yep. So the FBI, the Secretary times, of Defense, my friends, different times. General Berenger, everyone's at this meeting and General Berenger's like, hey, your system sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> like he literally says that. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's just he's he's got a like a a great grin on his face watching McKittrick like squirm under like, oh, that computer that was supposed to be a, you know, an ultimate failsafe is, uh, you know, fucking lying to us and immediately got hacked by the Russians. Yeah. By a high schooler. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, like, best case is the Russians. Worst case is some fucking high school kid. Yeah. Who was just yeah. fucking around and got in. Yeah. Like, like... like... Yeah. So yeah, Nor- NORAD is um, what's called air gapped. There is no and, and most like actual military systems on especially a, a secret location, they would be air gapped. So there's no way to contact them. So from a security standpoint, there were multiple things wrong with mm-hmm. with their with their security posture. But um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. so <laughs> um, so now like you get the scene in the office where. Basically, McKittrick, after being kind of cool to him on the walk through NORAD, is now like, all right, so um, you're working with the Russians. I, I know you got a flight to Paris. I'm going to let my phone <laughs> ring forever to torture you and all the viewers. Um, and then he answers the phone and he's someone's like, oh, you got to go come over here and do a thing. So he's like, all right, I will leave you unattended in my office with yeah. my computer. He literally says, stay put. <laughs> yep. Or, or don't go anywhere or something like that. It's, yeah. it's not going to do that <laughs> like if you honestly suspect him of being a threat you should probably treat him like he's a threat yeah yep. yeah so now they're going to defcon 3 um because you know there's whoppers still doing its thing there's still like there's like bombers and and stuff coming to attack the country according to norad and um i i will say up. that Changing the DEFCON level, I was reading, that is done by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yeah, yeah, you um, can't... Not by... General Berenger can't just be like, <laughs> yeah. do it. Cause, so, yeah, because, like, some of those DEFCON states come with declarations of war. Yeah. Or, you know, or, like, or, like we're at war now. So, like, like, I noticed when they go to DEFCON 1, I'm like, DEFCON 1, you're at war. Yeah. Like, there's no... There's like you don't just casually flip to that. But anyway, um, so yeah, he hacks into Whopper again, and Whopper's like, "Oh yeah, I'm still playing this game. I'm doing good. Um, when I get to DefCon One, uh, you know, I'm gonna get the missile codes and launch all the missiles." So uh, David's like, "Fuck!" But now um, McKittrick's uh, secretary sees him. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, "There's kids in the adult books." Scrambles the <laughs> FBI, who run in there, grab him. And uh, they're like, oh, you're not going to the brig? You're going to the infirm... Like, Norad has, has to have yeah, a brig. I wrote that down, <laughs> too. Like, I don't, I don't care uh, how, how much they think that they let people in that they can trust. You're going to have a brig in a facility like that. Yeah. My question is, how come the infirmary 
has button locks on the doors, like you know, keypad locks on on the fucking doors. Yeah. I mean, technically, it's a plot device because he later hacks that. Um, but there's other problems with that too, like a, a keypad digital lock. It's not going to go by touch tones. So, like we were talking before about using touch tones to do freaking on 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 pots, you wouldn't do that on a on a keypad. Um, you would uh, you would basically just you would either complete the circuit, which is effectively what the the integrated circuit would be doing as it's receiving key presses. It would send a command out um, once it received the correct code. Um, you'd just basically say, okay, I'm sending the command out, or I'm shorting together these two, uh, like a failsafe override kind of thing. Um, you also wouldn't have been able to figure that circuit board out just by looking at it. Like, it's not like there's a standard, like everybody uses these and everybody has them in their home. So yeah. Let that, it go. Smart kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So also the security has other liabilities. Like they uh, yeah. put, they put fucking Sergeant boob grab who looks like M bison <laughs> and is completely <laughs> infatuated with the nurse here, like in charge of guarding this kid. And he yeah, like this, he guards him for like five seconds. Oh yeah. This, well, he's this, he's this, locked in a room. He's fine. Yeah. This kid's plot armor was sexual harassment. That's what that's what <laughs> got him out of this. <laughs> so yeah. did anybody else when they first saw him feel like the first thing that he said should have been in a French accent? Well, yeah. He he had a very French look about him. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't just me. All right. Yep. And I don't know why I had that reaction, but like it I just see that, yeah. Anyway. So this guy is this lecherous ass guard is so <laughs> devoted to like harassing the shit out of this uh nurse after she tells him, like, uh, you are making me uncomfortable. <laughs> and I would like you to leave. Yeah, and <laughs> I would like you to leave. Answered that question, yes, it I would have made like more sense if he if he went too far. And she told him to leave, and he left, and that's why he doesn't have to worry about getting past the guard. Mm-hmm. Or then, if she knocked him out. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like if she just cracked him with the tennis to- trophy, how funny would that be? That would yeah. be great. But anyway, so he just sneaks out of the infirmary because you know Sergeant Boob Grab isn't looking at him, <laughs> and um, just ha- you know, Dennis axes this shit, finds an air shaft, sneaks yep. in some u- utility. Like all the doors are locked, but the air shafts, those are fine. Sneaks down a ladder and is just in the control room. And, you know, he gets out and he's like, well, I mean, this is the only other set they have. They have an infirmary. They got a control room. So I guess yeah. the air shaft goes there. <laughs> right. So um, he, followed, he followed the map and the map was named plot device. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he links up with the tour group there because they're just giving tours of NORAD that day that like potential missiles know. are being fired. That, that did used to happen. There used to be tours of NORAD, yep. but I think you had to be invited to a tour group by somebody. Yeah. Um, like, it wasn't just open to the public or anything. But I also wanted to note that that scene, like a, a bunch of different things, they did do a hat tip to legitimate hacking techniques. That is an example of um, uh, social engineering. And my one of my instructors for security courses, that's a technique that he used. Like, he would, it's called gating, where you just, you walk into a building that has a secure key code on it right behind somebody else who opens the door. That's why anytime you work at a facility like that, always make sure that somebody coming in behind you, like if, if you, if you let them through, that's on you. First of all, that's, that's your responsibility. If you that's let how somebody you get Broadricks, that's how you get Broadricks. And second of all, what I've done at work, if I don't recognize a person, I will in, 
like make sure that I get to the door and close it before that other person gets there. So they are forced to use their key card. Even if you recognize them, it might have been somebody who was just let go and they're about to go and do something. Um, so gating is like an actual thing that even today still gets people in when they do like pen testing. And the, the, the story that this particular instructor told me, he had basically a big gulp. He had this gigantic ass drink. It was in the morning rush hour. He went right into, um, I forget which telco company it was, but he went right into the telco company. And then for the rest of his day, he was actually walking around the building, slurping his big gulp, like shoulder surfing, looking at what was on people's screens and taking notes and like, <laughs> and nobody stopped him because they didn't ask like, who are you and what the hell are you doing yeah, here? Like you belong there. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what Broderick did so in this scene. Also, if I could just say, though, to the people out there listening, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you can, like, call the Orkin Man, or there's other things you can do if you have a broader infestation. <laughs> uh, we had one back at the house when we were younger, but we got mm -hmm. them taken care of. Um, but if you let that shit fester... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah they'll destroy it, the it house. Gets, it just... gets worse and worse. Oh, yeah. Because um, then you so, start getting Godzilla-level broader. Yeah, nobody wants that. It's awful. <laughs> All right, so... Fucking, he escapes NORAD through this tour group, and like, I, I mean, I get it, he's got to get out of there, but it's like, you, so they're still having the tour the day that there was this glitch that, like, missiles are being fired and whatnot, Yep. you know, and that they have a suspected Russian hacker. In I, I do like that they mention, like, like the, how Sorry, tour's canceled. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he does I feel actually like they mention that, that. Yeah. but it's still, like... Yeah, why would you be doing this? That is stupid. Yep, yep. So, and then when they notice he's missing, like, they don't stop the bus? Like, yeah. But anyway, eh. so all of that could be fixed with little, like, minor changes to the plot. So he finds out, basically, that he's got to find Dr. Falcon is pretending to be Dr. Robert Hume. And um, he gets out of NORAD. He finds a piece of metal on the road, touches that to, uh, you know, the right spot in a phone booth to avoid having to use a quarter. The piece of metal uh, was a pull tab from a can, which would be aluminum and would not conduct shit. Yeah, <laughs> Unless you're Let using it, it on your mains, shit. but just, just saying. <laughs> yep. So, uh, either way, he calls Jennifer. He's like, yo, buy me a plane ticket to Oregon. And um, <laughs> so now... So when they booked the stuff to Paris, they yeah. showed the price tag was like a thousand dollars. Now this plane ticket that he just asked a high schooler to order was a domestic flight, but even still, flights today are not a thousand dollars. They are comparable to um, to domestic flights. So I can only imagine that this this ticket that he asked her to buy is still going to be triple digits. And when I was growing up, I didn't know any kid that just spontaneously had triple digits hanging oh, around yeah. in high school to buy a plane ticket that day. <laughs> I got to blame this on the fact that like he's like, what, 17 or something. He apparently yeah, he lives in this nice house. He's he got yeah. his own room. He could lock with his own bathroom and his own computer in, uh, you know, 1983. So he's a spoiled little rich kid. He probably doesn't realize most people don't have, you know, plane ticket yeah. money when they're I 17. Guess. Well, Jennifer also has her own motorcycle at 17. So her family probably has money. Yeah, yeah but, but anyway. apparently she's she's set for it. She's ready to help him out. <laughs> yeah. 
So NORAD is now tracking 22 typhoon subs approaching the U.S., which is, uh, that that would not be good. (laughs) Sean Connery's coming over. Yeah, Yeah. Sean Connery and 21 friends are coming by. Um, And uh, so now we cut back to um, David here, who gets met at the airport by Jennifer. She's like, surprise, I'm coming on the adventure too. So she bought two tickets. Yep. And they take a ferry. Well, three, they, one to get there, and then yep. you know. But anyway, she's so, rolling in it. Yeah. So they um they catch a ferry, and uh, on the ferry, David's hey, again listen. like, eh. um, and she's like, just just fucking kiss me and shut up. Um, <laughs> well, uh, all right, wait. I, I will say in his defense here, he is like, holy shit, the FBI is after me. Yeah. I might have ended the world. Things are fucked. And I just broke so, out of NORAD. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got problems. This, this is one of those, those moments where, like, the whole thing was just unnecessary. There was no reason yeah. for them to have to kiss on, in, in that moment because yeah. it was awkward. Yeah. Yes. Like, the, there the, is that. Their faces are awkward in it because, like, it doesn't really fit. But, like, yep. the timing's awkward. He's, like, like legit freaking out. And she's like, yeah. now it's my time to, 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 to yeah. kiss him on his cheek. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, what? What? I, I just killed a bunch of sand people. Let's have sex. Yeah, like what? <laughs> so, all right. They, it just transitions from makeouts to a random pterodactyl. And you're like, wait, <laughs> did we just go to a different film? Yep. Did they land on the Lost Island? <laughs> Rob was like, yes. Speaking of, yeah. is Rob still here? Yeah, I'm still here. All right. <laughs> I did have so, in my notes that. I've had like, nothing to add. <laughs> Back in the day, drones weren't really a thing, and yeah. like there there weren't batteries that were good enough to be able to power um, like even remote controlled airplanes. So it that was a thing, well, it was it a glider? There, there, there was there was no 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 propellers, but all it had on it was was uh, was uh, flaps to to for to adjust. Oh, yeah. the, it was just okay. a glider. So oh, maybe okay. Because yeah. I was going to say, like that thing, like even as a glider, it must have cost a huge amount of money. But did you see okay. his house and yeah. his dinosaur skeletons? Well, yeah, I mean he's he's <laughs> I, rolling say, it, but he does not know how it flies. That's why he was so he was looking for a paleontologist. But they walked <laughs> up. So Rob, uh, don't be surprised if you see a pterodactyl shaped present under your Christmas tree this year. I'd be surprised oh. if I see anything under my Christmas tree. Yes. <laughs> a bag of lemons. <laughs> so, so, so Dr. Rob, Rob, oh. how um, how, how excited were you at, at, at this guy's uh, at this guy's house inside his house? Um, <laughs> I was the most excited. <laughs> also, since he already lied about which doctor his name is once, do we believe he might be Doctor John Hammond as well? No. Okay. Where's the flea right. circus? He was so, not jolly enough. Yeah. Um. Basically, <laughs> he was like, he's. They're like, he's like, get off my land. They're like, all right. So Joshua's gonna blow up the world. He's like, all right, come inside. I'm gonna show you some film about dinosaurs and why we should just give the fuck up. Right. <laughs> he's like, yep. hey, you all need to know that life is meaningless and nothing matters. It's all, it's all stupid, and I hate everything. Yeah. Except my comfy leather chairs and my cozy fire and all my dinosaur toys. Well, like he he basically that was that was the start of this really starting to affect me when I saw his reaction. Um, This this most recent time, I think when I first saw it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, you never give up like that. Um, 
I was basically Ali Sheedy's character when I was younger. But now I'm like, the conversations he must have been involved in, he must have been like, this is, it's going to happen. And I know how it's going to happen. Like he, he explicitly said, like, I intentionally got this, this plot of land near a target so yeah. that I don't have to suffer fallout. Yeah. And I, I live here so I can die first. Th- so mm-hmm. I could die first. Like he, he had resigned himself to, in his mind, the reality that this was ine- inevitable. And I know a lot of people that, um, it, that had that kind of mentality must have existed back then because every day, like you were kind of concerned about it. Like they were doing those drills where you do that stupid, put your head under your desk Duck and school thing. Like it, it was, uh, we were that much at the brink and the conversations that guy must've had, like McKittrick literally said in the beginning of the movie, like he didn't realize the full extent of the things that he invented, um, referring to, to Falcon, um, so even his own, even Falcon's own assistant was like, "No, you should totally automate all of this." And and Falcon was like, "That's that's how you end the human race." Like, mm-hmm. no. And but on the other hand, anyway, here's also a conversation he had. Uh, yes, I like to order a uh, pterodactyl remote control flying. Oh yeah. Please. Well, I mean, you're going to enjoy your <laughs> end days and in the way that you'd like. Bitching wooden T-Rex skeleton. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, just get all of that. Um, Make sure it's extra bitch. So, <laughs> all right. Um, one important point that does get brought up in this conversation, though, is he's like, I can never get Joshua to learn. And then he uses the tic-tac-toe analogy of like, you know, it, he can't understand futility. Um, but I did mention tic-tac-toe foreshadow the shit out of the ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Jennifer and David basically leave because he's like, I'm going to bed. I guess we'll die. You could stay the night. Yeah. Um. You know, you could sleep on the floor. He doesn't he? He's like not the chairs. Yeah. yeah not, not the, the chairs. Floor. Not the couch. I want those floor. chairs pristine for when the bombs hit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they're like, "Fuck it, let's just let's try to find a boat." And they're like, "This asshole doesn't even own a boat. Lives on an island." So you know, they're like, "Let's swim for it." No, it's too far. Let's you know sit She's on like, the log yeah, for a while. Let's thr- swim for three miles. <laughs> yeah, at night. And then they're like, <laughs> "Fuck it, let's just make out." And then like, <laughs> Doctor Falcon comes back with the airborne cock blocks. Now, like, now, shines hold on, on a there. second. Hold What's on, that? just a second. Here's where we learn a little secret about our dear friend. Uh-oh. What's what did we learn? Uh, he can't swim. Yeah, oh yeah. That's oh right. yeah. Yeah. He can't swim, and he's not only to take the the two minutes to learn. So. He's yep. not. He's. It's just all over with. All right. So well, not, he had that, more that time. Then. He was like, he never learned how to swim because he figured there'd always be a chance to, to learn how to swim. But now that chance yeah. is going to be gone. I, Usually I in the pornos, say... it's like I was thought I was, was going to get some before I died, but now the chance is going to go, and then they, they'd have sex. Yeah. Like, yeah. You watch a lot of post-apocalyptic porn, Brian. I mean, that's the part of every every porn movie, isn't it? Like, what be the porn parody? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. What would be the porn parody of this? Horror games? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When I was learning how to swim, though, one of the best lessons that I learned was if you tense your muscles, you will sink like a rock. And if he's that freaked out, it would have taken him a lot longer than two minutes to learn how to swim because he would have sunk like a rock. And then he would have continued to do that because now he'd be freaking out about drowning and getting nuked to death. Good. (laughs) I I will also say this probably would have been a better point to not necessarily go in Brian's path of let's have sex, but like, you know. I've never even kissed a girl, and this is when they could have had their first kiss. That might have made more sense. Mm-hmm. No, it's still yeah. awkward. Right. Well, oh, here's it's when still Stephen, awkward. Here's the whole thing's Stephen awkward, Hawking but that would have made more in, sense. 
in his yeah. uh, G.I. Joe helicopter. Like, get the fuck in here. We're going to NORAD. Um, and, yeah, NORAD, meanwhile, like, uh, they, they go to DEFCON 1, which is exactly what uh, Whopper was waiting for them to do. Because now he's like, I can start hacking these launch codes. Um, and they, they go to lock down the mountain. Um, but they're they're on the way in a Jeep. You know, the our four heroes <laughs> here. Well, three heroes and this one random driver. And, uh, yeah, they bust through the gate, and here's where we get that uh, kind of sick-ass crash from before. What the hell, that, Jeep guy? <laughs> yeah, if you did not know this was a legitimate crash, you'd be like, that was kind of underwhelming. But then you're like, oh, no, cause that's just because it just actually crashed. Yeah. Did not yeah. try well, to it was it underwhelming, but at the same time, I'm like, was that necessary? Did you need to crash the Jeep? Just go in. Yeah, I was this thinking so- that it was kind of abrupt and, like, unexpected. But, yeah, I, I didn't realize that it was a, a real crash. IMDb so, trivia said this is where Matthew Roderick learned to drive. <laughs> but did it actually say that? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, so, he killed somebody or something. Hit somebody with a car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, all right, so they go down the the tunnel to NORAD. They go through the the big old door, and I I love that door that NORAD has. That's like the biggest solidest door, and surprisingly, as gigantic as it is, in I think it weighs like 10 tons or something. One person can open and close it. Yep. If you balance the door correctly, you can you can do that. There's some good hinges. Well, yep. So yeah, where I live, there are actual um, uh, doors that go over railroad tracks uh, that can be used to mitigate flood damage. And these doors are, they're not quite as as tall as the NORAD doors, but they're at least as wide. And they're probably a good foot, foot and a half thick. And there's no motor on it. It just it swings closed. <laughs> so um, Dr. Falcon basically runs into NORAD's control room, busts out his speech check. He's just like, look, General <laughs> Behringer, this machine's lying to you. Why would the Russians just do this knowing that we'd fire our missiles? Also, and he's like, why are your teeth so disgustingly brown? Stop putting that he, chew in your mouth. Yeah, because you're shoving <laughs> fucking chew tobacco in there like crazy. So gross. Um, He's going <laughs> to die by nicotine. These yeah. look like chocolate chips. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. um, basically, they're like, all right, check it out. We'll just let the, the supposed missiles that are coming towards the country actually hit. We'll call some people. And we'll be like, hey, yep. did you die? <laughs> yeah, 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 dead. yeah, dead over there, man. And they get freaking Airman Dotry, who's like, oh, I guess I'm in charge of Alaska. He's <laughs> like the house of a nuclear missile silo operator. Um, and this scene actually is legit intense, though, where you're yeah. seeing like the, the missile impacts and you're realizing just how fucking terrible this would be if this happened. Yeah. And, you know, seeing the whole United States basically get covered with these uh, blasts. Um, and, you know, NORAD's got some awesome subwoofers because every time these things hit, they're just like, yep. <laughs> and, um, you know, so then Behringer's getting ready to, like, he's getting the Counter Strike ready, but then they're like, yeah, like, Airman Dodry's like, oh, we're still here. Jesus H. Christ, we're still here. <laughs> um, so, uh, but unfortunately, at this point, you know, like, so they think they're saved, but Whopper's like, yo, I'm still hacking the launch codes. And you locked out all changes to the target trajectory, yeah. so I have, like, the firing solution in there. Yeah. So I have everything I need to launch the missiles. I just have to get these ten numbers for the launch codes. 
So everyone's like, fuck, what are we going to do? What's funny is like, like 10 numbers isn't a lot. Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it is interesting. If you were to break um, AES-256 encryption, um, certainly the length will help significantly. And that's why that's a lot of modern... Yeah, length matters. Um, that's why they, they recommend most modern passwords. Eight characters is way too small because the, the fastest supercomputers today could break that within a, a useful amount of time. Um, but if you get to like 14 characters, I think the estimates are like at the hundreds of years. Yeah, it gets and much. It, yeah. And the other thing about breaking encryption, like another Hollywood shortcut, you don't get like, it's not hangman. You're not going right. to get like, oh, you got this character. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's all or nothing. You either get it or you don't. And there's yeah. no way to verify that so, you got it without trying it. My question, like what gets you around like the fact that you usually only get a limited amount of guesses before it locks you out? If the system is designed to do yeah. that. Not now it's are. like that. Yeah, they, they might not have, to, okay. have thought that, that that way before, you know. Oh, back it, then, no. Oh, yeah. Well, I All mean, right. it, on on military computers, they might have. Um, right. But yeah, back in the day, yeah. there wasn't even a requirement. Like Windows so, started requiring a password with eight, I think. Windows eight, possibly. Before that, you didn't even have to set a password. Yeah. So now, um, basically, uh, what's going on there? The, I like that the movie answers the question of like, why not just unplug the computer? Because um, you know, they set it up so that it would think NORAD's destroyed and it would still yeah. fire the missiles. Because that was the first thing I thought. They should have built in a kill switch, though. Yeah. Like, well, to just bypass there, that. There was one. It was the people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean... It would have been triggered from NORAD, and if NORAD's destroyed... And I mean, the, the weakness with a kill switch, and that's why this, this whole concept is so freaking dangerous, is that the kill switch can be activated by a, a malicious actor. So mm -hmm. if it's a physical kill switch and you have a Russian in the room, you're done. If you've yeah. got an electronically accessible one, it could be hacked. Um, you know, a Russian could even flip that switch um, uh, if there was a way to, to, to make it prematurely fire missiles. Like, mm -hmm. All of that stuff, it's so so freaking risky because it, it's like once it happens, you can't take it back ever. And it is such a huge risk. Like herpes. Like so, herpes. Indeed, yes. yeah. <laughs> so now um, General Berenger is just like, hey, uh, Dr. McKittrick, your system fucking sucks. <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to sit here and piss and moan. And then um, David's like, well. Why don't we just try to play some games with Joshua? So he goes and he's he's like thinking about playing chess and all these other games that he's locked out of. And then he's like, oh, let's type in tic-tac-toe. So now, you know, we play it in tic-tac-toe. And, and it was interesting. Mm -hmm. They didn't, they, he explicitly said it's not in the list. Yeah. So I, I, that was like, I don't know why they put that in there. Um, it was, well, it was, that was a weird part. Yeah. Well, cause the, the, um, the Falcon dude had said before, like, you know, you don't play pick their toe cause why? And she was like, well, cause it's, you, you can't really win it. So he was like, yeah. So why would you put it on the list? Like now my question is why would it even be in, in the system to begin with? That's but a game exactly. that simple takes up so little bit of, yeah. Whatever, it probably was, you know, like a catalog of games he put in there, like whatever, you know. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It wasn't for. It wasn't for it. It was for, like him to him to or someone else to just play to to, to pass time something like that. It wasn't. It was yeah. stupid. They're lucky yeah, that think... Whopper wasn't loaded with Hollywood squares. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, I I think the idea was 
I think the idea was it was a um, it was a game that the computer could run, but it wasn't on the list for uh, for Jason uh, to play. Joshua. Or Joshua, sorry, Joshua. to play to explain why it never learned the lesson of that it's not really a winnable yeah. game. Okay. So, Bob, like, this scene's cool though because like they get it to play itself in tic tac toe and it's going for a while. It's still hacking the codes and it's realizing like I can't win this. All right, so let's, you know, so now it knows that okay, there are games you can't win. So now it starts like doing all these crazy like nuclear war scenarios mm-hmm. and. Legitimate to people who want to watch this movie, strobe warning, because um, yeah. this, like, for the next five minutes, it's just blinking lights like crazy. And, and, uh, and I did appreciate that they were talking about different, uh, like, theater of war operation scenarios. Mm-hmm. And they, they were named in a kind of very believable way. And just the realism <laughs> of this, this scene was uh, heart attack inspiring. <laughs> so it basically, like, like overpowers itself like drawing all its energy to play like a bajillion games of global thermonuclear war uh it gets the launch code but it's like (laughs) yeah but it gets the launch code and it's like let's hold off on that (laughs) because i think i've got something now and that's a that's a cool part because yeah um so now you see it it's it's figured out like okay maybe we shouldn't play this game and then sure enough it goes through all the situations and it's like an interesting game. The only way to win is not to play. Yep. And then he's like, you want to play a game of chess? And everyone's like, fuck yeah! Because <laughs> <laughs> chess um, doesn't kill people. But yeah, also, I will point out, though, a few, minus a few points for Star Trek computers exploding in NORAD. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Luckily, it do- doesn't look like anyone got hurt. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, it's like, how about a good game, a nice game of chess? Everyone's like, yeah, and then it's over, like credits, boom. Yep. Q, yeah. war, no uh, resolution. Good guy, yo. What is it good for? Yeah, because like, uh, that kid is he's either going to jail or getting a job. So. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting a job in jail. Also, like, so, the answer here was to, uh, you know, the uh, Falcon was right in that they have to learn futility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's an important well, lesson. Yeah, I mean, well, it's. It, it, I think it was it was more of the of the he realized that this game I, like you can't win it, so we shouldn't even be playing it. But yeah. like you guys won't let fucking listen to me, so I'm just gonna gonna go. <laughs> um, my favorite part of this scene, though, for for the wrong reasons, is um, they're like all these guys in suits are arguing about what to do in this critical let's play video games with uh, Joshua scene. And they can't like get to the to the game they want, and like everyone's like, "That's all right, all right." He's had enough. And then freaking Jennifer, just Ali Sheedy's character, is just like, "Wait, give him another turn." <laughs> and everyone just listens to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like, like, I believe him, yo. <laughs> and everyone just stopped talking and, and like, we're like, okay, give him another turn. Well, that's because the the shot was more on her face, so you couldn't see the gun she yeah. was holding on them. Yeah. I'm like, because <laughs> that girl is nuts. Did she roll a twenty on her charisma check? Like, what yes. all happened there? But anyway, um, yeah, and that that's the movie. That's that's War Games. Tony. Yeah. So. <laughs> on RottenTomatoes.com, uh, critics gave this a score of 93%. Audience gave this a score of 76%. That's their thoughts and opinions. What about you guys and yours? Uh, we'll start with Rob. 
Uh, I don't know about mines, but uh, yeah, it's 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 fine. I mean, <laughs> it's very uh, very seventiesy, eightiesy. So if you're not into looking at a bunch of clunky computer boxes, you might uh, you might find this not as interesting. But it, it like it held my attention the whole time. It had some good dramatic moments, some good suspenseful moments. Um, and I had a pterodactyl flying around for a little bit. So <laughs> I'll recommend it on, on those grounds. Um, even Matthew Broderick with his Will Byers looking ass uh, <laughs> was fine in this. So hey, there Brian, you go. Brian. Um, yeah, so uh, as an adult now, a C is about right. There, there are there are things that, that, that were a little bit suspenseful or whatever. The music kind of helped some scenes. Um, but like, it's, movies is fucking long. It's like two hours long. Like, yeah, it is very long. Yeah, like it, it. I think if if it had if it had condensed some of the stuff down, but then maybe a little bit lost of, of some of his message. I don't know. I don't know. But like it was a little bit too long for me. And like um, there wasn't enough happening um, closer together. You know, things would happen kind of far apart. Um, but it wasn't a bad movie. You know, I, I still like you know enjoy the movie. But a C is about right. You know, so it, it gets passed. You know, I'd watch it again. But like it 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 would need to be a while from now so I have, I have the chance to realize like you know so I can like um. <laughs> keep my focus on it versus like other things around me because it's 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 a little, little bit long uh yeah i'm gonna say the same uh with the you know i feel like a c does seem pretty accurate it is surprisingly suspenseful considering how little is happening and way too long for how little is happening but it does manage to keep it somewhat suspenseful despite the fact that there's not that much happening um, you know, it's not like the net where they're like trying to make it look like it's the most tense thing in the world because someone's typing in a password. But uh, they do, you know, they have. It, there's real suspense here. There's real stakes. Uh, so yeah, it, it's pretty good, and I, I would recommend it. Will. Yeah. So I think um, actually I'm gonna recommend it a bit more than than y'all so far, at least. Uh, maybe give it a a B minus. Maybe that's because it's my first time uh, watching it. But I, you know, was surprised that I enjoyed it. As much as I did, um, I will say the length was uh, an issue. I kind of spread it out over a couple days. I watched some last night. I watched some um, this afternoon. Uh, but yeah, I was, uh, you know, it's obviously dated being early 80s. And I kind I don't know, sometimes when a movie's so um, popular and in the, uh, I don't know, in kind of the nerd realm sort of known so well, you know, sometimes that can work against it. But, you know. I uh, there wasn't anything I really um, was spoiled by, I guess, because like you said, there is some tension. Um, and that first scene we talked about at the beginning of the episode was really uh, kind of set the tone and really kind of locked me in. And it was like, OK, this is going to be a little more um, serious than what I was originally thinking. So I, I, I definitely enjoyed it and solid recommend for me. Right. Joe, Brian, are you watching the movie right now? Yeah. You're at the part with at the end, right, with all the nuclear yep. silos in it. Because, yeah, your room's like, it's like a strobe light going off. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I'm going to disagree with most of you. I'm going to go with a solid B. I think the length uh, was not a problem at all. An hour, 52 minutes goes by reasonably quick for me. Um, I, I liked it for the most part. Um, I thought I liked the, the computer stuff, even though some of it was portrayed kind of wrong and it was 
condensed down like Brick mentioned with the Hollywood shorthand. I liked that the concepts were mentioned. And and I also I liked the backdrop of the nuclear war in the comparison of like, you know, the, the futility part. And, you know, showing the computer learn was really cool. I liked how it put that in like a very easy to understand way. Um, so I think it had a lot of positives going for it. Uh, I, I love I loved NORAD and like that mega project. So I like a movie set mostly there. Uh, some negatives, though, like there are some parts where they sort of easy moded it a little too much for Matthew Broderick, where it's like that's it wouldn't have been that easy for him to mm. like just walk out of NORAD stuff like that and i would like better characters like i didn't like david or jennifer um and like dr falcon i thought was like was somewhat interesting but like we didn't get to see we didn't get to spend a lot of time with him uh the only character i really liked was general behringer and that was mostly because i was um because of barry corbin i was having flashbacks to red alert too um but yeah, overall though, I think I don't. I think ninety-two is a little high, but I definitely think it was better than seventy-six. So I'm going to split the difference between the two and go with a solid B. That sounds right. And yeah, mm-hmm. the message is good. Uh, Brick, I safe to say you're recommending since you recommended yeah. this. <laughs> like no, yeah, I fucking and, hate it. No, it's terrible. No, I I feel like um, if if you're not into the subject matter being covered, um, be it global politics um nuclear war or just general like infosec kind of stuff you're probably going to be bored as an adult as a kid i i almost wonder like like when i was growing up when we were in middle school they would show us uh movies that were uh kind of curated to show either like the civil war era or or other things i almost feel like this should be part of that curriculum because it's like a lot of these things, like I was saying, a lot of these things are actually real things that have happened, like that close call and the fact that NORAD exists. Um, and, you know, if you're wondering why I say that, they're going to survive. You're in a stick house. You're not. <laughs> like, those are the people that you you are calling your government. And Russia had fallout sh- shelters for most of their population. We didn't. And those are the kinds of questions that I, as a kid, would be asking seeing this movie. Same thing with, like, why do we even have nukes? So I, I, I think, depending on the context, if you're an adult, I would give it, like, like an 80 to a 90. Um, if you're if you're a kid, I, I almost want to be like, you really, you should watch this movie. Because when you grow up, like, you're going to be part of the society. And these are the kinds of things that you can influence for good or bad. And it's it's legitimately scary. Like I said before, if you if you do that and you, you start nuclear war, you can't take that back. And the way that it conveyed a lot of these concepts to the viewers, it was very neatly packaged, not in such a way where it's like a caricature of the realities. Like people mentioned, there were legitimate suspenseful scenes in this. Um, so it conveyed the emotion without being too too dug into the details of how these things work. But it was real enough for for most of the parts of it, the hacking, just the, the, the concerns about espionage and all that other stuff, where like it 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 starts you down a path of thinking about things in a useful practical manner um so that's kind of my take on this movie i I think it actually is a value i would describe it as an important movie or a valuable movie to watch um with 
with those those contexts in mind. So would you also recommend Superman 4, The Quest for Peace? I have not seen it, so I can't comment. You, though you did. You you watched it with me. Yeah, you were quite mad. That's Is that the one, the one where, where he turns time back because he goes around the planet? No, that's, that's the first one. That's oh. the one where he, at the he just tells the world that he's taking away all the nuclear weapons and everyone's like, yay! And then they make Nuclear Man who's actually solar-powered man, and they fight on oh, the moon. That's the one yeah. where he pushes the moon to make an eclipse to turn solar man off. So, that I mean, that's that's an example of where it's, it's not so caricaturized that it's stupid, because now I'm remembering that Superman movie that was just stupid. Yeah. This wasn't caricaturized. Yeah, it was, was simplified enough that you could consume it without really having to know all the details. Um, that was just a joke. Oh. Remember before where I said I take yeah. things literally yeah, and go do a fault That's my own fault. I know. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, we're going to recommend War Games. Uh, what else we got, Rob? Um, I don't know. Some stuff we'll have to discuss off the air. But in the meantime, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we're going to wrap up the episode. First of all, we want to thank Eric for uh, sponsoring the episode and, uh, and joining us to record. And we want to thank all of you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to hear more, you can find our episode archives at www.4ampodcast.podbean.com. You can find all of our episodes there. Uh, you can support us by picking up some merch at teespring.com slash 4ampodcast. You know, keep yourselves toasty, roasty warm during these uh, colder Especially months. you don't have heat in your house. That is correct. You can help support the podcast and get access to patrons-only content at patreon.com slash 4ampodcast. You can, of course, contact us at the 4ampodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in sponsoring an episode of your own. Uh, you can follow us on that uh, tire fire that is Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> and uh, that's about it. Join us next time for something else. Yeah. All right, good night. That's all I got. Say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Deuces. Adios. Good night, everybody.